Welcome to the Great Game Debate Podcast, where friends come together to discuss video games and our lives. As usual, I'm your host, Caden Barathe Lane, and joining me this week, as always, is our man in the closet, Wes Bates. How you feeling, buddy? Dude, I'm feeling a lot better than I was earlier in the week. I had a really nasty case of strep throat Ooh. this week, and it took me down hard. Ouch. Well, I'm glad to uh, Finally got some antibiotics. Yes, I am covering, and um, to that end, uh, useless video game trivia to share. Yay. So, um, in the uh, in the in the very in the third uh, entry in the Megami Tensei series, which was the first Shin Megami Tensei game on the SNES, uh, the game took place in a uh, fictitious theme park called Tokyo Destiny World, which was uh, a riff on uh, Tokyo Disneyland, and. Um, there are two NPCs that were ripped from the game, which were incredibly similar likenesses to Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Uh, they were called <laughs> um, they were called Zombie Mouse and Demon Duck, and Mickey had uh, like two swords, and Donald was wielding a chainsaw. And uh, <laughs> if you go look this up, they look like uncannily similar to the to the the sprites look uncannily similar to the actual characters, but they had to pull them out for fear of retaliation from the Disney company. So there you go. Wow, Useless that's incredible. Uh, we are also joined by the godfather of the great game debate himself, Jonah Gomez. Do you have anything that could possibly rival Wes's trivia in terms of interestingness, or should we just move on? Um, I have, I have table knickknacks. So I got King Crow right Hey-o. here, and cool. uh, Mario Kart Shy Guy, and that's it. So wow, hi everyone. Listeners missing out. Yep. <laughs> Uh, we also have uh, the honor of being joined this week by our special guest, uh, the amazing, the omnipresent, Tokyo Slim. How you doing, buddy? I'm, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, we will just jump right into it uh, for Icebreaker. I hope you guys stopped by Outworld, picked up Scorpion Spears, because it's time for the Icebreaker. Get on. We're here. <laughs> All right, Slim. So uh, you you're just this very interesting, enigmatic internet personality that just seems to be everywhere all at once. Uh, famous for being a, a recurring guest on the Easy Allies reaction shots. Um, is there any other uh, notable appearances by Tokyo Slim that you guys could think of that you want to shout out? I, I just mean... a uh, just a, a like a, a genuine force on Twitter all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. You know, he's just he's always there. You know. I think it's a, a cry for help. I uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's the only actual interaction I have with people outside of work usually. So, well, um, we're more than happy and thrilled to have you on. Um, as usual, Wes likes to do secret reconnaissance on our guests uh, to prepare them with information for questions before the guests come on. So, um, I shall now ply you with questions. Um, <laughs> Sure. Very, very interesting uh, background information here that Wes has acquired. Um, Between the years 1998 to 2009, apparently you've watched 5,500 movies. That's a rough estimate, but yes. 
True. How how does how does one keep track of that amount of movies and you know tally them up? Well, I mean, you really don't. Like, it's a rough estimate because on average, during that span of time, I watched about two hundred and sixty to two hundred and eighty movies a year. Um, just you know. As my main hobby, I had a lot of spare time on my hands. I went to film festivals, um, you know. Like, I took notes on a lot of this stuff earlier on, but it just became such a time sink, and it wasn't sure. it's not like my job, so I didn't keep yeah. up with it. Um, but yeah, I've seen, I mean, there was, there was a year, uh, it was probably like 20... 14 or 2015 i watched 312 movies in cinemas that year wow uh, wow I, actually in theater like yeah going to the theater like almost wow. once a day like i had i had some days where i sat in five movie theaters wow. uh, during the film festivals so dang that's well, so cool. uh, crazy yeah i'm curious you know someone like myself uh, as much as i love multiple different mediums uh of art you know the one i focus on for most of my time is video games. So I don't get to watch as many movies as I'd like. I mean, what is it that has really drawn you to uh, the cinema so hard? You know, honestly, I'm not really sure. I mean, psychologically, you could probably tie it to, you know, childhood uh, escapism, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, we grew up real poor and didn't have a lot of like, you know, spending money, like, so, like, the first real, like, movie experiences I had were really special, like, I went to go see Batman 1989, um, we stood in line for two hours, that was, like, one of the first, like, three or four movies I ever saw in a movie theater, and it was, you know, incredible at the time, blew my mind, um, stuff like that, like, really, I think, impacted me, and I worked at a movie theater in high school, and I wanted to, kind of continue in that vein afterwards. So I did go to college to try to learn like video editing and filmmaking. Um, but uh, everything I was learning at the time was like kind of in transition. It was like the transition from film to digital. And so nothing was really set in stone and they weren't really teaching me anything that would help me. So I like dropped sure. it and then yeah. went completely different direction. So, wow. Well, uh, um, but my love just... for cinema persists. For sure. Yeah, uh, it's pretty incredible. And uh, just a, a couple of your other interests, um, you know, uh, it mentions here that um, you're big on travel and um, that you have visited uh, Japan multiple times. Um, what is, you know, kind of the, the fascination with Japan that draws you? Um, I grew up in a family, uh, like a, a split family, divorced uh, mother and father, and I grew up with my mom, who is not Japanese, and I'm half Japanese. My dad, uh, I would see him on visitations, but I kind of grew up like separated from that aspect of my personality, my 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 life. Um, I didn't really know anything about the culture, um, and I didn't really like have any education in it until I became an adult, and I kind of got curious. Um, I moved back in with my dad around the time I started high school. So I was like 17, 16, 17. Um, and I started getting curious about Japan. And in like 2003, I think I went for the first time as an adult. Um, and I kind of went every other, every other year or so for quite a while. Um, wow. 
just kind of exploring different parts of the country, meeting family, uh, eating at, you know, restaurants and taking tours and doing like both like real touristy stuff. And then like also kind of like off the beaten path kind of things. So it was really, it was a really fun time in my life. Sure. You were um, supposed to go, uh, you were supposed to go to um, the uh, Tokyo Olympics not that long ago, right? Yes, I was. And I did but, not. Um, obviously. Of course, it did shake out, I recall. That's a real bummer. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, I am just kind of curious. I mean, is there like one thing you'd like yeah. to shout out that maybe that's like one of your like favorite things that's like a big difference between like Japanese and American culture? I'm just curious. Oh, man. Between Japanese and American culture. Um, it's it's really it's really weird like the first time you go over there it's like you landed on a completely different planet everything is like familiar but different in ways that you never could have like predicted i mean obviously like people walk on the diff- on different sides of the street because they drive on different sides of the street right so like when you go to pass somebody on the left in the united states like you pass them on the right in japan when you're walking and like freaks you out like this first time like somebody comes around the wrong side of your body or you're like trying to fight the flow of traffic because you're used to doing things one way and they do things like slightly differently Mm -hmm. um but i love that like everything there is very mascot and cartoon oriented Hmm. even like super serious like adult things um caution like construction signs all have like little mascots and like cartoons on them and stuff um, it's just a complete because it's 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 uh, accepted as just more of a part of like everyday culture in life. It's not looked at as a kids thing over there. Um, you know, mascots that like everything has mascots. Like cities have mascots that 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 run around in costume and like greet people. Just like tourism, so you know, cool. yeah. mascots and stuff like that. It's 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 really fun. It's kind of like the whole area is a theme park, like all of Japan, sure. and you just like wander around to various different like areas in this giant theme park. I don't know. That's, that's so cool. cool. Yeah, I, I did not know about that. Um, well, uh, hopefully this is prying too much, but you volunteered this information. Yes, uh, to Wes. So it says here uh, you got in a street brawl in Tokyo in two thousand and five. Please elaborate. <laughs> Um, yes, in 2005, I was staying in, uh, ironically, before I even like picked up my first Yakuza game, I was staying in the area of Tokyo that was, that's been in all the Yakuza games and is, you know, basically they call it, uh, Kamurocho in, in the Yakuza games. It's, uh, Kabukicho in real life. Mm. I was, it's the, the, uh, infamous kind of red light district area of Tokyo. It's got a lot of mm. nightlife and that kind of things. Um, and I was walking back to my hotel. I grabbed some yakitori, which is uh, grilled chicken skewers from a restaurant. And I was like heading back to my hotel. And these guys tried to drag me into an alley, like to like go to their bar. And I told them oh. basically, like, I don't know. Can I swear on this? Yeah, you can swear. Oh, yeah. I, I told them <laughs> off. And uh, they didn't really take very kindly to that. So we got in a little like altercation that spilled out onto the street. And in Japan, especially in like high tourist areas, they have what are called koban, which are police boxes. It's essentially just like a small building that's a, the size of one person where a policeman stands and like watches out and get mostly what they're there for is to give directions mm. to people who are lost or like help people whose car breaks down or whatever. Sure. 
but we ended up fighting right in front of this police box and um it was me and like three nigerians and a couple of other japanese guys that kind of just got like dragged into it and it lasted like i don't know probably four minutes which doesn't sound like a long time but when you're actually fighting somebody and like that's a long fight um and i essentially like punched this dude really hard in the face and fairly severely injured him to end this fight (laughs) and it's not something i'm super like proud of because i don't like it was the last fight I got into and it was like the uh-huh. first major fight I'd been in as an adult, uh, outside of boxing or whatever I used to do. Oh wow. Some okay. boxing, but not a lot. That's with the wrong guy. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that pretty much ended the fight. But uh yeah, I was like, Don't you know I'm a fairly large man, don't drag me into an yeah, alley against my will. Like what did you say? I looked so at it. At the cop, nope. the cop just like shrugged at me, like, <laughs> what? okay, whatever. He was just, he was just standing there watching. Yep. You didn't just do anything. There. Nope. Just first day on oh. the job. I mean, they're not really equipped to handle violence, like uh, you know, in Demolition Man. They're they're basically just like tour tourist guides. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So who was, so who was the like... who was the one that, that that grabbed you? Then you said it was some Nigerian yeah. guys and some Japanese. So was it so, the Japanese guys that grabbed you, or the Nigerian? It guys? It was the Nigerian guys. They're they're like try, they're essentially like they have a lot of um, real sketchy bars that they try to trick tourists to go to so that they can overcharge them and then like bully them into paying this exorbitant amount of money for. You know, like, hey, the drink that you ordered is twelve hundred dollars, like, or whatever. You know, so it was kind of one of those deals. They tried to get me to go in this bar, and I told them to, to f- and then they're like, no, really, come to the bar, and like tried to pull me into this alley, and I'm, that's kind of how it started. I was trying to go home eat some chicken, man. Like, yeah, that's a surreal situation. <laughs> don't, I mean, don't, don't, even... don't get between a man and his chicken. Yeah. Moral of the well, story. <laughs> yeah, a follow-up question then. Um, it says here your uh, favorite video game series is Yakuza and Yakuza adjacent properties, yeah. uh, which is very fitting uh, coming off of that story because there's lots of street brawls. Yeah, that sounds games. exactly like something that would happen. In yeah. Yakuza. One of the things that originally drew me to that series. Yes. It's like, well, this is uh, like real life. Yeah. Um, did they model? Did they model Kiryu after you? No, really? no, no, no one human man can can live up to that standard. I'm sorry. <laughs> Have you ever been playing Yakuza and then you're just like getting flashbacks and you're like, you just like snap back and you're holding a control and you're like, okay, I'm at home. <laughs> um, the the fighting in, in, in Yakuza is far too stylized to actually like remind me of anything that happened. It, <laughs> like you didn't, fighting, you didn't... fighting is messy. It's not, it's not like cool like that. You don't yeah. feel awesome while you're doing it. You're like trying to breathe and, you know, sure. not get hit. You didn't and... smash a bicycle over anybody's No. <laughs> okay. All right. I would have if there would have been a bicycle check. close by, though. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't now. I'd look around for like a cone or a street cone or something. You know, just... He's just like, <laughs> I was too, I was too <laughs> inexperienced back then to have looked for those things. Well, uh, I'm curious. I know like a big draw for games like Persona and Yakuza for Japanese gamers is that, you know, they've a lot of them have been to like the locations represented in those games. And, you know, a lot of like Westerners, like we 
don't have the opportunity to have that experience a lot of the time, but um, I guess you have had that experience, right, with Yakuza? Like, you've been to that Definitely. region it's based off of? I mean, what's that like, kind of, you know, playing the game, having that experience? It's crazy. There, Like, there's some pretty big differences, but there's also a lot of real, like, intense similarities. I don't know, a lot of people don't realize this, but pretty much every item and like restaurant in the game with the exception of a few are like real places and real items. They're like branded. You would never see that in a Western game because of like rights management yeah. stuff. But you know, like CC lemon and like all the like boss coffees and everything you're drinking. Those are like real products that exist in real life and you're buying them and drinking them in the game. Right. Stuff like, uh, you know, Ikenari steak is a real restaurant. There's one of those in uh, Yakuza 6. There's uh, like uh, the sushi places. I can't remember exactly like all the names of the places, but there's like a whole bunch like, of like real restaurants. Like in Don, Don Quixote stores and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's real too, right? Totally yeah. real. Yeah. And in, often... in that location, in that, in the game is where Don Quixote is in real life. So Wow. So do you know if um, they're able to do that in Yakuza just because like copyright laws and stuff like that are like more lax in Japan or are they going through the trouble of like making deals with these IPs to like. I honestly don't know. I have a feeling it's kind of a combination of both that like the games themselves are, are so popular, especially now they've gained popularity in the West that the brands have made it easier for Sega to use them and maybe like offered them up to Sega to use. Right. And also like the fact that there's, you know, it's free advertising, I guess. And yeah, and, uh, you want you your know. product to be in the game. Like, <laughs> And I, I think that the copyright laws are a little, they're different. I don't know whether they're laxer or harsher. I can't really speak to the Japanese like legal system in that way, but uh, um, and it would be cool if like a company like, tried to like increase the stats on their product in the game like hey buy more of these <laughs> and you'll you'll get full health refill you know yeah, sure. <laughs> well cool uh, do either of you guys have any uh burning questions for slim before I, we move on i do have one since we're so focused on like the uh the japanese culture and stuff what are your top five japanese foods oh oh uh ooh. Top five Japanese foods. Uh, or we could do like Japanese snacks or something. I don't. I'm uh, tonkatsu, which is the fried breaded uh, pork cutlets, uh, curry rice. Okay. Um, I mean, there's. Let's see. What else? Uh, I like uh, uh, shabu shabu Japanese hot pot. Okay. Mm. Um, I'm a big fan of, I mean, obviously there's like, you know, the, the sushi and sashimi, the rolls, yeah. uh, uh, chirashi don, uh, I like a uh, Nikodon, which is, uh, uh, the like Yoshinoya. It's the thin sliced meat over rice. Oh, okay. Um, man, there's pretty much everything. Like yeah. I'm not a huge there's like one or two things I'm not like a huge fan of. I don't really like uni all that much. Um, I know that's, you know, a very expensive delicacy. I'm just not the texture of it. Just what doesn't do anything for me. It's the uh, sea urchin. Uh, it's uh, like a sea urchin row. It's yeah, like yeah. Ye- little yellow. They look like I've little yellow yeah. tongues kind of. Uh, 
Um, but they're it's not very appetizing. <laughs> and it's not the flavor because I there. It's it's just a texture. It's yeah. it's a weird texture. All right, well, listeners, you now know what to eat and what to avoid if you ever yeah. go to Japan. Uh, Wes, did you uh, have anything you want to ask them, or are we ready to move? Yeah, just just one thing, mm-hmm. I guess, real quickly. Um, the other thing that I I guess I know really know you for just mostly, I guess, via Jonah is uh, I know you guys went back and forth quite a bit about uh, PC builds. Oh yeah, because you mm-hmm. built uh you built like a super crazy PC not that long ago, and um, I've actually so, built two of them pretty recently. <laughs> wow. So I was just curious, like, how did you get into that? And where did you like, where did you pick that up? Because um, it seems like you're kind of a font of knowledge when it comes to, you know, these PC builds. And I know you helped Jonah out quite a bit. And you yeah. guys have talked about that in the past. So um, I've been building my own PC since 1996. Um, I worked briefly uh, in a mall based british pc manufacturer and like it it was kind of like a dell competitor but they had like stores in shopping malls it was called tiny computers um and you could go and like spec out different custom computers and we would build them and mail them to people um, at their homes and it didn't last very long and we didn't do any of the building themselves but i was intimately familiar with like the parts and how to put stuff together um as part of that job uh just selling people you know different upgrades and that kind of thing um and i just like yeah i could just put these together myself so i started doing it on the side for me and my friends back when I don't know. People were afraid to do like more people were afraid to build their own PCs back then than they are yeah, now. It's sure. really not that hard. It's kind yeah. of like growing, growing up Legos. You just stuff just like yeah. s- snaps into place. Um, you know, just make sure that you're, you know, not static charging your components and you're pr- right. pretty much fine. Like, make sure you um, put your processor in properly before you yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, don't just see like wires and cords and a circuit board and transistors and they don't realize that all that stuff is already like attached, you know. It's just Yeah, like, for sure. You know, it's like seven or eight things you just snap together. And there's a lot of websites that you can go to to help you like plan out builds to give you a rough idea of like what your performance is going to be like and whether parts are compatible or not cuz that's really the only other thing is certain like CPUs have a certain socket and motherboards have to have this right socket for the CPU that you're using and that kind of stuff. But it's, it's less complicated than it seems. Um, I've probably built 20 or 30 computers nice uh, over the last, you know, couple decades. And uh, currently talking to you on my gaming rig right now. And I have a living room PC. I just built a couple months ago in the living room. Cool. Very cool. All right. Well, um, in case anyone was wondering why we invited such an extreme cinephile onto this episode, you're about to find out. I turn things over to the judge, Jonah, to take us into the debate. Welcome, friends. One and all who uh, this movie extravaganza as... This week, we are going to be talking about, more debating about, video game movies. And to represent Mortal Kombat, we have our friend Tokyo Slim. Which Mortal Kombat? The very 1995. first 
Which one was it? 1995. 1995. Thank you, Thank the, you for clarifying. The year I was born. That's oh, my God. <laughs> and we have Caden. Make me feel old, man. <laughs> representing Resident Evil. Yo. Which Resident Evil? It's the, yeah, the, that's the, an important the, question. <laughs> it's the 2002 film. The 2002 uh, I, film. Ironically, I'd like to point out that both these films were directed by the same director, which oh, is like that's super awesome. weird. Indeed, they were. <laughs> it's very, uh, very big coincidence there. Uh, or maybe not such a big coincidence. I, I'm surprised that you didn't want to do uh, Monster Hunter, Caden. I have been so <laughs> repelled by that movie, I haven't even watched it yet. So oh, we might need to do a watch party on that one then. <laughs> anyway, as always, we have our two-minute opening statement, our two-minute rebuttal, and then our two-minute closing, uh, closing thoughts. And Tokyo Slim, heads or tails? Tails never fails. Hmm. It is tails. Would you wow. like to start out the debate or close it out? I'll close it out. Ooh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm ready, baby. You got two minutes on the clock. <clears throat> Are you ready, sir? Yes. Three, two, one, debate. All right. Uh, first things first, please try to separate this movie in your mind from all of its sequels because they're absolutely terrible. And this one's actually good. Uh, just to, uh, I guess kind of why I like this movie is for for the main thing, I think this is one of the only good video game movies that exists out there where you could probably enjoy this just as like a horror fan and not as a fan of the video game and be like totally lost. And uh, one thing that I think makes this movie so successful is that it doesn't actually try to just replicate the game or like, you know, put pieces together from the games like characters and plot points and stuff i think every character in this movie is an original character they didn't just like here's chris and here's jill and here you know like that kind of thing and uh it's kind of like it's taking the elements that make resident evil resident evil and telling an original story with those elements which is what i think makes it so successful and um one thing i really appreciate this about this movie is like a lot of the other video game movies you think you kind of like, uh, they, they seem kind of like fast paced, like they're just like ploppy to ploppy to ploppy, like let's go, we gotta shove in all this information from the games to make sure we don't disappoint the fans. And this movie like actually takes time to like develop a compelling narrative and develop the characters so you actually like care about them, um, at least in my opinion. And it's not afraid to like- 30 seconds. Put in some slow moments to like really let things sink in. There's a scene in the beginning of the movie where the security system of the secret lab is murdering all its own employees, and this guy goes to take an axe to break through a glass window in the locked room, and he slams like the spike point on the back of the axe to the window, and just a chip of the glass comes out, and the camera follows the chip and zooms in on it as it comes to rest on the ground, and you're just like, oh man, these guys are so. Very good. And let me write my notes. You said all of the sequels were bad? I, I, yeah. I like, uh, what was the one where they're in Vegas? That one was, I like that I, I don't one. Know. I thought that one was sick. Maybe if I should rewatch it. We'll, I'll, I'll see. All right, Slim, how are you feeling after that? 
That was a that was a very good presentation. I agree with a lot of your points. Um, I'm you. going to do my best to represent my game uh, movie in as good a light. All right, Slim, your opening statement. Starting in three, two, one, begin. Uh, you have to go back in time to think of the other video game movies that came before this. You were talking mm-hmm. your Super Mario Brothers. You're talking. You know th- those kind of ones that really had no ties to the movie or to the to the game they were representing at all, or if any, it was just such a superficial connection. Um, this was the first movie based on a game that really tried to appeal to the people playing the game, um, and it didn't necessarily do that, and it couldn't necessarily do that by having the things the game was famous for, which was the violence, the blood, um, that kind of stuff, because of the contract they had with New Line Cinema, they had to deliver a PG-13 movie. So what they did instead was they tried to recreate what it was like to play the game. Uh, At the time, it was mostly an arcade experience. You were talking, getting together with your friends and playing in a crowded arcade full of people and talking trash back and forth and having fights. Um, And the characters that you knew from the game are in the movie. Uh, Some of the sets are in the movie that you know from the game. and it was such a cultural milestone at the time um it has uh the first western film to show uh like hong kong style wire martial arts action uh years before the matrix did it um it has um an all-time banger of a soundtrack uh the soundtrack went platinum less than two weeks after it was released it was the first platinum edm record in history whoa um and it had an effect going forward on the games themselves. Characters that were in the movie, uh, the following games, you know, were more aligned with the characters from the movie than they were with the original game after that movie. Um, you know, it was just fun. It's a fun movie. It still it doesn't hold up graphically, but it's great. Fine. Very good. All right, just uh, just a reminder, and I forgot to say this at the beginning, we have Wes as an additional 30-second assist trophy, and you can call him uh, once um, for your entire debate, so you still have him for either your rebuttal or your closing thoughts. Caden, are you ready to start round yes, two? sir. The rebuttal. Three, two, one, debate. All right, so uh, I guess the point that I'll focus on uh, is the music because I know the soundtrack from the movie is legendary. And while the music in uh, Resident Evil is not necessarily the most memorable, I think it's like akin to kind of like the Breath of the Wild soundtrack where nobody really remembers a lot of the music of Breath of the Wilds or puts on the Breath of the Wild soundtrack to like just hang out and listen to while they're doing something else. But the soundtrack of Breath of the Wild perfectly serves like the mission of Breath of the Wild as like a piece of art. And I feel like the music is the same way in Resident Evil. Um, Though I know in real life, he's been exposed as a total douchebag. Um, I think Marilyn Manson did like five tracks for this movie and especially that opening theme. I just, I love it. It draws me in and creates this air of mystery. And I feel like the music is doing that, like perfectly suiting like the atmosphere and the tone of the movie uh, as it goes. And there's this one part that really struck me as I was rewatching it where it's 
deep in the movie and the two characters uh, who are central to the plot that have amnesia brought on by uh, drugs, I guess, um, are they've gone through a shocking event that's jarring their memory and causes them to recover their memory. And there's this like swelling music that's just, it sounds like a droning of like a swarm of bees. It's like rising and rising and rising until it's like deafening. And then suddenly it just like stops as the characters like reach like a clarity. It's like the, the swarm of bees sound is like the mental fog. And then like it stops. And then there's like a clarity when they suddenly like, regain all their memories and realize what happens and then you know it goes down from there but um i like the music in this movie it's good stuff uh wes say something bad about mortal kombat please go okay slim kind of alluded to this as well but um the uh the the, the special effects in mortal kombat uh, a lot of them do not hold up well at all particularly where they tried to use cg uh the one that really stands out is uh, the character reptile um, he looks straight straight like he's out of the uh, uh, animated series reboot from a long time ago. It looks mm, absolutely second. terrible. Uh, some also some bad CG with uh, like when um, souls get pulled out of their bodies and stuff. It looks really bad. But yeah. done. All right, Slim. How are you feeling after that rebuttal? You know, uh, I'm okay about it. Like like. Okay. Like I said, I, I admit the graphics are not the best. It's a 1995 movie with computer graphics that were added last minute. So, I mean, what are you going to do? It's yeah. That's not the point of the whole thing. So, All right. Closing out round two. Slim, are you ready to rock and roll? Is this uh, is this my rebuttal or is this, this is, closing? Yes. This, this is, is your rebuttal. This yep. is your rebuttal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm starting whenever you're ready. Three, two, one, debate. Um... From what I remember of the Resident Evil movie, and again, we're going to try to separate the first movie from the rest of them. The rest of the Mortal Kombat movies aren't great either, so I understand that. Also, uh, as we talked about previously, directed by the same person, um, I would argue that uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's best movies are his first four, and then he's kind of gone downhill since then. That does include, in my opinion, the uh, Resident Evil films. Um... Mostly because I think he kind of lost what made Mortal Kombat a good adaptation in the first place. And it's, as you alluded, alluded to, um, it was it was the characters and the pacing of that movie that made it great. I think that while Resident Evil does take a lot of time to set things up, um, I think that it doesn't give you the same feeling as playing a Resident Evil game. I think that it's more focused on being a horror movie or having, you know, like these, all these new characters you don't know, um, setting them up, having to kind of uncover their mystery rather than than um, dealing with the lore that was already in place, um, which is fine. It did a good job doing that. It was just not something that I expected as I went to go see that movie. Um, it seconds. giving me not what I wanted is not necessarily a great slide over it, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, also the CG in that is also dated, not as dated as 95, but it is still very dated. Um, and, uh, I think that it doesn't necessarily follow its own lore and rules in the own movie. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character gets bit very early on 
goes throughout like an hour and a half of movie time without turning and then turns as a plot point late, late very late in the movie um when Sorry. everybody else who gets bit goes right away <laughs> all right hey i wish i had rebuttals. another rebuttal well i mean it's your closing thought closing thought yeah. you can use it for whatever you want all right let's start round three off caden three two one debate all right well i do kind of want to focus on Michelle Rodriguez's character, Rain, because she's actually one of my favorite characters in the movie because through her in the movie, we kind of get an experience that you don't actually ever really get in a Resident Evil game. It's like the slow decline of someone into a zombie that you were emotionally vested in. And I like I feel like it's not like she's just, oh, I'm like 100% and then like at the end of the movie, she's suddenly a zombie. Like she has a slow decline. She gets bit like multiple times. There's a point in the movie where she's trying to shoot um at some zombies to cover an ally and she's like being so affected by the virus and like the nausea that she can't even like see there's like sweat and blood in her eyes and she's unable to actually perform in combat because of the symptoms of the virus and someone else has to take the gun from her um and then later she she's so like psychologically and physically beaten down when they like get into the lab and they go to where the cure is supposed to be and they can't find it she literally sits down and slumps to the ground and she just says i can't I can't go on like she I think it's a really great uh, arc but anyway she also has some iconic lines uh, when she arrests the guy at the beginning of the movie and he tells her to get the hell off of him she says me uh, whenever she kills the first zombie by shooting like 30 bullets into it and launching it off the, the into the air she says standing now uh, but uh, anyway I uh, also want to talk about real quick about the laser hallway scene which I think is one of the most iconic 30 uh, horror scenes in uh, cinema just when you see the reflection in the metallic door of the guy's cubed body sliding apart into a meat pile, ah, and so it was so iconic that Capcom themselves stole the idea for Resident Evil 4, which came out afterward, uh, wherein Secret Agent uh, Leon S. Kennedy has to, you know, Tom Cruise Mission Impossible his way through a laser hallway. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all I got. I just, I love this movie. I think it's cool. And uh, yeah, I'm very good. That is an excellent scene. Mm -hmm. All right, Slim, just a reminder, you have a 30-second assist trophy from Wes. You can start or use him at the end. It's your choice, or you don't, have, gonna... to, you don't have to use him at all. We're going to start with him. Oh, all right, Wes. Let me put 30 seconds on the clock for you. Are you ready, sir? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, begin. Okay, I was going to use this in the rebuttal, but I'm going to say it now. So the great thing about Mortal Kombat is it maintains the spirit of the games. Uh, the terrible thing about Resident Evil is it doesn't maintain the spirit of the games. There is, where do you, where do you spend all your time in Resident Evil 1? The Spencer Mansion. How much time do they spend in the Spencer Mansion in the movie? About two minutes before they're off into a lab. There is literally no, no nothing happens in the mansion except they get in an elevator and they leave. Um, and that absolutely goes against everything. There's, there's no, there's no weird traps. There's no like bizarre puzzles to solve. There's none of that. It's, it totally lacks the complete spirit of Resident Hi. Evil in that way. Right, so I guess Thank you. Minutes for that. on the clock. Are you ready, sir? Yep. Three, two, one, go. I'm just going to lay some facts out for you. Mortal Kombat made $122 million worldwide on a budget of from $18 to $20 million. 
It topped the box office in the United States for three straight weeks. It was the second highest August film opening of all time when it came out. It's the high, it was the highest video game cinematic property uh, at the box office in history at the time of its release. Domestically, it outperformed things like Outbreak, Heat, Bad Boys, Babe, 12 Monkeys, Clueless, Casino, Tommy Boy, Friday, Billy Madison, The Usual Suspects, and Mallrats at the 1995 box office. Um, the cast of the movie is superb. They all took their jobs very seriously. Uh, pretty much everybody who could do their own stunts did their own stunts. Um, Robin Shu broke three of his ribs doing this movie. Uh, um, and uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa is a, a veteran film actor uh, nailed Shang Tsung so much so that like it is a pretty much like the best interpretation of that character that has been depicted in media over the years so much so they brought him back to be I believe a downloadable skin in, along with Christopher Lambert, uh, Bridget Wilson Sampras and Lyndon Ashby in Mortal Kombat 11 he's also done voice work on uh, some of the animated stuff. He's done a lot of the, uh, a couple of the shorts, that kind of other things, uh, as well in universe. 30 seconds. While it's not the ultra-violent bloodbath that the games are known for, uh, I'd argue the film's Enter the Dragon-inspired fighting tournament-style movie uh, provides enough action, banter, and set design to evoke the feeling of playing Mortal Kombat uh, against your friends. Uh, it's continuing legacy within Mortal Kombat's IP is undeniable. It's about the characters and the fighting, two things the film got so right that it left its mark on the entire fra uh, franchise forever. Ooh. I'm done. Leaving five seconds wow. on the table. Very nice. Give him the Don. <laughs> <laughs> Man said what he needed to say. <laughs> All right. Dang, dude. This is probably yeah. the hardest one for me to decide on, on which one We're I think. The oh, man. Slim brought, uh, the, Wes, brought the heat for sure. I have, I have a point of order to bring to the judge's attention. Uh, Wes implied that they take an elevator to leave the mansion in Resident Evil. In fact, they take a train. Okay. <laughs> they have to take an elevator to get to the train. Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Wes, uh, I think I'm going to ask you first. Who do you think uh who do you think won this debate? That's a that's a good one. It was good. I you know, I I have to say I think like I I feel Caden's passion for Resident Evil because he spent most of his rebuttal not tearing down Mortal Kombat, but rather like representing his his own movie. Yeah, why but, it's better. In that, in, in, in that, in that aspect, though, I, I felt that the, the that the debate part, like him actually, like like tell me why Mortal Kombat is bad. I didn't, I didn't hear that. All I heard yeah. was why is Resident Evil good, mm -hmm. and I really appreciated the points that that Slim brought to the table. So, Caden, you did you did a nice job with it, uh, and I appreciated a lot of your points. Um, and having recently watched the movie again, like a lot of the scenes you were describing, I was. You know, yeah, like you're absolutely right. The things that you said, um, but I think that I'm gonna go with Slim on this just because um, I, I felt like he uh, his debate was just slightly stronger overall. Damn! All right, that's one point for Slim. And you know what, Slim, I I have to agree a hundred percent with with Wes. Well, I guess I'm gonna say ninety percent with Wes. Um, I think 
I think your debate was fantastic. And you know what? You you helped me like relive relive some of that that movie magic that the original Mortal Kombat movie brought. And I I'm getting flashbacks, but I think Caden representing the the characters and what they felt and the progression of that movie, I think, is what is gonna take my point. So Caden, you got my point, my uh. friend. <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. And that means a lot, Jetta. Yeah. I, got... uh, I, I just want to say, like, earlier today, Slim put the Mortal Kombat theme song in the group chat. And, like, I knew at that moment I'd lost already. Like, oh. But I appreciate the, the vote of confidence. Yeah, dude. No, for sure. No, you did, like, a good, you did a good job. Everybody did a good job. No, everyone honestly. did a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I was wondering not... how this was going to go down, and, and it was a really great debate. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. It was a fantastic debate. Um, it was an honor, sir. I, I appreciate it. And uh, I also really like Resident Evil. Mm. So it was a good choice. Thank you. So... We will rewind and go back to last week's debate or whatever you want to call it. It was a little <laughs> bit of a mess. But we had Majora's Mask versus A Link Between Worlds winning 9-5 to five was Majora's Mask. So, Caden... <laughs> Caden, you got, uh, you got a, a win this week. We'll see... Uh, or you got a win last week. Let's see if you uh, get the win this week. Congratulations, Caden. Thank you. And yeah. uh, and, of uh, course. and and Stephen, if you're listening, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caden. I will. Uh, Just kidding. Send it back to you, man. All right, we are back from our break. Everybody's recovered from the intense battle of wills that was the debate. And now it's time for the pitch, wherein each of us will uh, spend two minutes pitching a game to the rest of the panelists, trying to convince us to buy it. Um, up first to the pitcher's mound is Wes Bates. Um, are you keeping time, Jonah? I will be keeping time. All right. All right. You ready to throw this fastball? Wes? We will see how fast this ball goes. Okay. Let's go. Three, two, one, pitch. Gentlemen, I'm here to bring you a truly gripping and emotional experience uh, uh, on the likes of games like What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, I haven't had a game, uh, honestly, like pull me in this emotionally this much since that game. Uh, the game I'm talking about is Before Your Eyes which is a unique uh, kind of narrative game. Um, uh, I believe it's only on PC right now. Um, it's unique because the main mechanic of the game is uh, it operates through your, your camera, um, and it operates by watching your eyes and tracking your blinking. So the premise of the game is that you wake up in kind of like the sea of souls in the afterlife, and this like soul fisherman like pulls you up onto his boat, and he's looking to present you to this goddess and tell your life story uh, to the goddess so that he's rewarded for finding a unique soul and you get to spend the rest of your afterlife um, kind of in uh, like a better place. Um, and on your way traveling to the goddess, he's trying to recap your story. And so you're going back and reliving your life. 
And you see these basically snippets, basically from the beginning of your life all the way through your life as it's happening. And but every time you blink, time flashes forward and you don't know how far forward in your life it's going to go. So you really have to be careful with what you're doing. And um, if you move the camera over a certain aspects of the environment and you blink, like more of the story will reveal itself. And um, so everything is just kind of like unfolds in this just as the story goes on. And um, it uh, it really, really moved uh, um, oh no! Burr, 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 burr. Five, four, <laughs> two, one. All right. Hopefully, we get West back. Um, Dang. Yeah. Um, maybe we should just move to the next uh, pitch, and then well, hopefully we'll be back. I, but... I guess we could discuss it amongst ourselves for uh, a few. Oh like... wait, he's moving. Back? Back. Oh, Wes is back. back. Wes is back. back. Well, I think you basically I'm finished sorry. your pitch. It just yeah. conked out right at the end there. So, um, do you want me to? Do you want me to redo it? I can redo it. I mean, we got we got most of the we got most of your yeah. pitch. It's just like the last ten seconds, really. Yeah, we heard the rest of it. Um, I'm really. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. I'll play it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm extremely curious though. I did not know about this mechanic with the camera blinking. Like that sounds really wild. I mean, if you literally just stand there and like spam blinking your eyes, will you just like skip through the entire game super fast? Like <laughs> GDQ speed run is just uh, like someone like, I think, blinking. I think yeah. In, in some instances, you will and you will miss stuff. Um, and uh, it it really takes away from the experience if you were to do that. I think. Sure. Uh, did you ever find yourself like intentionally straining your eyes, like trying not to blink? To yeah, not... I, I yeah. did, and in and in some instances, I actually had to pause the game because you can pause it, and I had like look away and then <laughs> blink and then come back. So I, I guess I I guess I cheesed it a little bit <laughs> in that way, but I wanted to. I didn't want to miss anything. Oh, that's awesome! I'm pretty curious about the uh facial recognition or whatever that they're mm. using because as a uh Asian American person uh, a lot of times what ends up happening with stuff that like tracks your eye movements and tracks blinking is it doesn't get my eyes oh really um i y'all can kind of see cuz you're watching me on a video right now but i have very narrow eyes sure. and it doesn't really register them as being open a lot of the time oh, when I man. have them open. So I'm curious to see how, how good their tracking is. Cause I mean, mm. that's something that can yeah. be fixed with algorithm and testing and that kind of stuff. Sure. And curious to see whether they did but, any of that. Before you, before you actually have to go through a calibration, um, oh, kind of um setting not not on the camera itself but in the game and it asks you to blink and it tracks your blinks and then it asks you like how accurate it was um and you can tell them like oh this is really accurate or we need to recalibrate again and you can stop at any point and recalibrate the camera um if it's not working well in some in some instances i had to do that because i played at night and the lighting wasn't real good and so the there was like almost like shadows over my eyes um but it actually worked surprisingly well, even though my lighting was really bad when I played the game. Um, and it actually does some really interesting stuff other than just blinking with that. I won't spoil it, but um, it, there's, it, it uses the camera in some really unique ways. Gotcha. Wow, okay. That I wasn't expecting. 
Um, I, cool. I'm just curious if you have a couple of examples of like, I mean, the blinking thing is like a really interesting mechanic, but like, what are you doing like between, you know, like in these snippets of whatever you call them <laughs> between blinks. So you can, you can, you can look around in the, in the scene that you're in. And then in some cases you can, you have to, um, kind of like use the, the camera to track back and forth, um, following something with your eyes. Or um, you have to highlight things within the environment and blink. And it, if you highlight the right thing and blink, it actually doesn't move things forward. It'll uh, actually like expose a piece of the scene that you couldn't see before. Oh, okay. And like give you more out of that scene. So that's pretty cool. neat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is, sounds like such a unique experience. Like I'm definitely in. Like that sounds really cool. Uh, what about you? Yeah, Jeff? I don't know. I don't know if you <laughs> caught it at the end, but it was. It's a very short game. It's like two hours long. Nice. And so I did the whole thing in one sitting. Oh, okay. um, very cool. Which I would definitely recommend it. Doing mm -hmm. it that way instead of breaking it up, if you are planning to play it, does just it, take take the night and and play through it. It's, does it feel like uh, like a well-done uh, interactive movie, more or less, would you say? Or does it actually I, feel like a video I didn't, game? I didn't really feel like it was... I didn't... I felt like it was more of like an indie game experience. Okay. enough interaction, and you have to move the camera around to follow the scene, in some cases, that I didn't really feel like it was... You know, it would be more of akin to something like a walking simulator, except you're not actually walking anywhere gotcha. you're just following things with your eyes and okay. you know looking around but there's enough interaction i think that that it, it it felt like a game i felt like it was playing a game and not watching a movie like a choose your own adventure or something like that okay cool yeah, does it give you any weird stats at the end like you blinked seven thousand four hundred and thirty five <laughs> times during this game you know I don't think so. I'm trying to remember back if if there was anything like that, but I, I don't think that there are any stats. And that if there were, something. I wasn't paying attention to them anyway because I was just like, I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this experience. Like, I, I don't yeah, know. I just I just rarely come across a game that just you know hits me in the heart as much as this one did. Okay, cool. So are you guys in? You buying? Yeah, I'm interested. I, 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 really recommend it. it's it's really unique it's uh i also i should also mention i got you know your money or your time so the the mm -hmm. wall to entry barrier to entry is pretty low okay yeah i uh i think uh once i have a graphics card that allows me to play games i'll probably pick it up for sure <laughs> gotta pay the cool. price you gotta pay the price yeah. yep. uh so we'll uh move on to the next uh contestant uh slim you're up to the pitcher's mound jonah will count you down and then you'll have two minutes to present your game all right three two one begin uh i'm playing a couple things right now but what i'm bringing to the table today is lost judgment i'm probably about three quarters of the way through this game i think um so i can't really speak to how the end of it is or the quality of anything past where i'm at at the moment um but essentially it's very similar to the first game in some ways, and they've added and changed some things for the second game that I think are beneficial. Um, if you're familiar with the original Lost Judgment, the, one of the main criticisms of it was um, tailing missions are boring, 
um, or badly implemented. And this has a couple of those still, but I feel like they're a little peppier, a little better implemented. They're not as drawn out. Um, and there's really only, I think I've only maybe done two of them the entire game so far. Um, a lot of the stuff that was tailing is replaced by other things like there's chase missions now where you just like run after people until they get exhausted and you catch them. Um, and then you can like, they run in like a, a certain pattern around the neighborhood and you can like kick cans at them to slow them down and that kind of thing. So it's a little more, more involved than like sneaking up to a car and ducking and then sneaking to a corner and ducking. Um, most of the early game and like the mid game actually is like takes place in a high school. Um, and it's, while it's a little weird for like this grown ass, like 35 year old detective <laughs> to be like fighting with high school kids. Um, they're like, essentially they, they're bullies. Um, the whole story is kind of centered around bullying and how it uh, drives, uh, high school kids to commit suicide and what punishment, um, adults like are able to give to them or what attention that like they, you know, the, the kids need to, uh, you know, to get out of their systems, that kind of stuff. It's a very interesting game. A lot of you know sub stories, plots, games, etc. It's it's a Yakuza light, so it's what it is. Time. Right. So I'm curious. I did a like, terrible I think... job selling that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. It's only two minutes. Um, you know, uh, something it reminded me of in terms of the story was just like the first act of like Persona Five dealing with like the volleyball teacher. But are, are you saying like because um, that's what I kind of assumed would happen in this game? It's like the high school thing is like one part, and then you move on to something else. But is that like central to the plot? It's an integral part of the plot so far. In fact, okay. like the, I mean the whole the whole setup is like there's a murder that happens, and the guy who was murdered is an ex bully who became a teacher, and it's so like the bullying aspect is like throughout the game. Gotcha. Um, were there any parts of the game where like a group of Nigerians tries to force you to come into their like extortion <laughs> bar and then you have to like fight them on? Um, I have not encountered a sub story like that yet, but I if I if I remember correctly, there is one somewhere in Yakuza that's similar to like that. But okay. it's it's kind of a popular thing where like not necessarily Nigerians all you know all the time. I don't want to like stereotype anybody, but there there are like Yakuza run bars that will try to extort you know, people, they get them drunk and then like take all their money and that kind of stuff. So it, it does happen there. Um, you know, be safe when you go out drinking and uh, go out in groups. And uh, that's uh, what you got to do sometimes. Japan so is very, very safe. Usually it's, you know. Right. Yeah. How's the mini game selection in this compared mm. to other Yakuza and uh, Yakuza style games? I honestly feel like that's one of the main selling points. And if I had any longer, I would have told you an extensive list of these things that are in this game. Um, I feel like it has the most mini games and like variety of mini games that I've seen in a long time. There's a dance dance revolution kind of like mini game. Um, there's, you know, karaoke is still in it darts and like all the other stuff. There's a, a cart racer. That's kind of, nice. you know, pretty similar to like, you know, like Dragon Cart uh, from uh, Yakuza 7. Um, there's, uh, but it's skateboards instead of carts. Nice. There's <laughs> skateboard, skateboard racing. Um, and there's like kind of a weird, like light version of like a Tony Hawk, like half pipe trick simulator kind of thing too. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there that's like pretty new. Um, some of it works better than others. And a lot of it is tied into the mini games and sub stories with the high school. Um, 
you know, obviously like the skateboarding stuff, you're like trying to like infiltrate this like group of taggers who are skateboarding around town and whatever. So you have to learn how to skateboard and become part of their gang or whatever. Sure. Um, sure. Cause you know, teenage skateboarders love 35 <laughs> year old teachers or, you know, like whatever, come to hang out with them and tag stuff. Like the plot of like a nineties movie is like the exactly trying to learn how to skateboard skate cop. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's real. Like Yakuza type of games, like, like the tone of it is always just like random and wild. Yeah. Um, so it's very similar to that. They're very serious, serious stuff and then like just complete goofball nonsense happens yeah. um but uh you know you know what you're getting into if you've played any of these games before mm-hmm. and the combat is pretty you know pretty good still and all all that stuff so awesome uh, yes, the the how's the how's the quality of the the side stories also is it mm. is it up there or is it kind of so so compared to other games in the series because th- that's my favorite part of those games honestly is the side stories for sure. I think that a lot of them are upper middle tier, I guess. Um, I would say there's nothing that has really like rocked me to my core yet. I feel like that's probably going to come later game with like, cause it's the detective story and I'm still in the middle of uncovering all of these various threads that like fit into each other in, in the game. So I feel like once we start getting some resolution, uh, sub stories wise, maybe, can feed into that more and like really impact me more. But right now I'm just like, Oh, this is an interesting thing that's happened. And Oh, that thing from earlier is part of this and whatever. Um, all the sub stories kind of tie together in various ways, um, which I really appreciate. And it's, it really is more of like a detective story than, than a Yakuza game, which is just like, Hey, this is a, you know, a series of events that's happening to, to cure you all the stuff that Yagami is going through, is he's trying to figure out why like all this stuff is happening and it's kind of all related. So um, all these different threads and different, different cases he's on are like intermingling and they're all kind of connected. And he's like trying to figure out why and pulling on various different strings and doing different sub stories to fill in information. So. Gotcha. Um, um, I do have, uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jenna. Uh, I was going to say uh, as someone who hasn't played the first game, how necessary My is question, that yeah. uh, to to play this one? I don't think it's necessary at all. I think that the stuff from the first game that's important character backstory wise is kind of done in flashbacks when it's necessary. Um, that being said, despite like having you know probably like six or seven tailing missions that is about five or six too many um i i I think the rest of that game's story holds up real well and is is pretty interesting and fun um and uh i think it while it's not necessary to like get everything to play this game i think it will definitely help with like knowing who different characters are and how they relate and stuff like that because like a yakuza game there's probably 30 characters in this game from like other places and you're like oh where is that person from okay gotcha well uh man i know for me personally like the yakuza games is just one of the like legendary series that i haven't taken the plunge on yet and like i don't know if like this would be like the right one to be like this is going to be my first like yakuza or yakuza adjacent game you know yeah uh like probably the one would be like a dragon for me because i'm also so turn-based but if i want a brawler maybe 
maybe it makes more sense to jump into the judgment series because it's less of like uh it's less intimidating than like the entire yeah. yakuza series that, so. that's exactly how i'm feeling too is like yeah maybe i should just hop into judgment and i'll kind of like let everyone enjoy yakuza and i'll just kind of be on the sidelines <laughs> being like judgment the cool. gateway <laughs> yeah honestly seven is a great place to start too because it's a completely brand new story yes they're returning characters but they're not important to this plot at all mm-hmm. um they're just there as fan service um and it while it's a turn-based game uh and it's kind of like there's some hiccups in the turn-based combat nature of it, it being their first crack at it they're gonna get better and it's gonna get more refined over sure. time you're jumping in if you're jumping into like a dragon you're jumping in at a really good time because you're going to be at the beginning of this story rather than jumping right. into the middle of it and I think it's real. Like I didn't, I didn't come here trying to sell like a dragon, but I think like a dragon, <laughs> yeah. it's a really good place to jump in. Um, cool. Well, yeah, I guess for me, it's like a caveat. It's like I guess I'm gonna say no, I won't buy Lost Judgment, but because I think Yakuza Seven's a better entry point for me, <laughs> and then maybe I'll get it later. You got a side yeah. sell. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. once you're once you're hooked, once you're like, oh, dude, this is this is awesome. Like you're gonna you're gonna get all of them. Don't yeah. don't kid yourself. Like you're, yeah. there's you know there's a there's a there's a case over in the shelf. It's got the uh, the uh, like all six of the first games. I got seven right next to it, and I got Judgment and Lost Judgment. And I started playing this with four. So oh, okay. wow, okay, cool. All right, Jonah, you in the same boat as me, or what's going through here? Um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as much of a turn-based person as you are, so mm, I, I think okay. I might not buy Lost Judgment, but I probably will pick up the the first Judgment game just to, to check it out, you know? So, uh, but I mean, when I first saw the trailers of this game, I was like, is am I watching a movie or am I, like, watching a game? Because it just, like, kind of popped up on... Uh, uh the one of the playstation events and i was like what what are we watching why what is all this detail on this old man's face and then i saw the main character i was like oh wow this looks really good (laughs) so yeah all right rgg does great faces yeah so for me i i like i think anybody that knows me knows that i'm a big fan of the series overall so like uh slim said uh, I, I totally agree with him. Once you're hooked, you're going to buy the whole thing. I have all of the games also. Uh, I, okay, I also cool. already bought... Uh, actually, I, I didn't buy it, actually. I was gifted a copy of Lost Judgment from from a friend. Oh, nice. Uh, Very nice. Uh, but I was uh, going to be picking it up anyway. So um, I'm definitely going to be playing this game. I'm definitely interested in it. Uh, I love all these games. What I will say, Caden, I, maybe, maybe seven is a great place to start for you. It is a great game, and it's a good place to start in the series. If I beat them up, though, I really would suggest going back to Zero, because Zero, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is one of the better, best games in the series. It it's has one of the best stories. It's right at the beginning wow. of everything, and so there's nothing that came before it chronologically. It's super fun. It's super wacky, super zany. You get multiple playable characters in the game, and it's just a great time. So, Jonah, I would still recommend starting with zero over judgment personally. Okay. That's my personal, personal recommendation. So, but it's a great series. All right. Well, uh, how are we doing on time, John? Should we move into the game? Or... No, we got time for one more pitch and then we can roll. Straight in. We're like, All right. well ahead of time. 
Cool. Well, I will walk my little self up to the pitcher's mound and wait for Jonah to give me the All countdown. Right. Three, two, one, play ball. All right. So I am bringing an indie game called Sable, um, which I think did garner a little bit of attention uh, online and stuff just because of how uh, artistically beautiful it is. It's got a very, like... Um, I think his name's uh, Mobius. He's like this classic, like uh, 50s, maybe like French uh, comic artist has like really like iconic style and they're like totally nailing his style. But um, the game, like if I had to like simplify it into a nutshell, it's like basically post-apocalyptic sci-fi Breath of the Wild with no combat basically and uh, a hover bike instead of a horse. But um, the game's just fascinating it's like it's got that drive that breath of the wild gives you to explore where it's got these different areas that are like different biomes and they're just sprinkled with like points of interest and you're like "Ooh, i want to go there Ooh, i want to go there just based off of how interesting it looks from the distance and then you know you get there and something weird is going on but uh um what you're doing in the game really is you're you're a child from a nomad tribe who's like coming of age and the way that their culture works is when you come of age, you're supposed to leave the tribe and go out into the world on your own and expose yourself to different kinds of experiences and vocations and then decide what it is you want to do for the rest of your life and then come back to the tribe and then do that for the rest of your life. So 30 seconds. kind of the gameplay is you're going from place to place and meeting people who do different things like a scrapper who recovers scrap metal or a merchant or an innkeeper and you're doing tasks for them and they give you um, like a, a MacGuffin that you need three of, and then you can trade them in for a mask of that vocation. So you're kind of like trying out all these different things that people do around the world. And that's your reason to go around and explore. So if that makes any sense. <laughs> I'm nice, man. I've uh, it's cool. I've seen and heard a bit about this game. A little bit. Good and... soundtrack too. Oh, good soundtrack. Uh, it's by a band called Japanese Breakfast. I think the singer might be Japanese American, and I think they did like all the music for the game, and it's really good. So they performed at uh the uh Jeff Keeley sing right. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, they did the theme song. Yeah. Did you finish the game? I haven't finished it yet. Okay. I uh, played a few hours. Um, no idea how close I am to finishing it all. It's not like Breath of the Wild where it's like, do these four things and then kill the bad guy. It's like, I have no idea. Like, what's, you know, the percentage here. So. And I would have never guessed that you played this game from all the screenshots that uh, were on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Very screenshotable. Yeah, it looks, it looks really good. Mm -hmm. So you haven't finished it yet but you don't know what the end goal is either. It's just like, yeah, turns you loose and says, try stuff. Basically. It's, it's really it like you... feeling like you're doing what the character's doing. It's like, just go into the world and experience things like, you know, so is there, is there any kind of guidance whatsoever? Is there, are there any yes. waypoints or like points of interest or, or anything? Or is it just kind of like float around until you find something weird? So the game starts out with like a Breath of the Wild plateau-esque area that's like a smaller blocked off portion of the open world. And um, the game has like dialogue. There's no voice acting, but there's like dialogue boxes. So it's not like super esoteric and like trying to be like Dark Souls. It's like people just talk to you and 
tell you to do things. So uh, when you start out, your first quest as like part of your rite of passage to go out into the world is to build your hover bike. So there's like three main areas that are like mini dungeons, almost akin to like shrines or something in Breath of the Wild that you have to go to to get the parts you need to build your bike. And then once you build your bike, uh, when you come back after building your bike, uh, your tribe's just gone. Like they just like left while you were away and they just like leave you a note. And one of the people from your tribe is like, uh, go to this town out in the desert and speak to this guy. And, you know, he'll kind of get you started on the path of becoming like uh, a machinist. Um, so then, you know, you've got the big world map and there's like a waypoint and it's like, go to this town and talk to this guy. So there's kind of like, things like that and uh, as you talk to more people you do have a quest log and you pick up more quests and they give you like waypoints on where you go to do them but it's very like self-led because they like the characters don't have like a big glowing exclamation point that's like come talk to me i have a quest you just talk to people and some of them have quests and then it's like oh uh, a quest okay let's go ahead and do this so that's cool yeah does that feel more like um like it's a linear kind of experience, like a narr- narratively, or is, do you think like choices you're making in the game have any effect on like anything else, like later on down the road? Um, that's an interesting question. From what I've played so far, it doesn't really seem like you have like any kind of ripple effects from your choices. So the game doesn't feel linear. Um, it does feel very open and like depends on just what personally interests you that you want to go do. Um, but it is very like, here's the quest. This is what you need to complete the quest. You've completed the quest. It's not like a Dragon Age like thing where you're there's consequences for your actions or anything like that. So, so what uh, what stuff are you actually? Sorry, no, you're good. go ahead. Good, good. I was just curious, what kind of stuff are you actually doing other than just driving around the desert? Are you are you? Is there a lot of platforming? Are you? Are there? Is it very puzzle heavy? Um, what is the actual gameplay like? It's pretty interesting because, uh, like, there's kind of like points of interest on the map that are like ruins of either an ancient civilization that used to be on this planet, or there's also like derelict spacecrafts um, that are from a time long past, and like the people on this planet now, like, they kind of revere ancient technology in like a spiritual and religious sense like they don't really understand it so like you know one of the things you can do uh is um there's this huge obvious like big red thing on the map uh that you can go check out and when you get there it's called the whale and it's like a gigantic like arc um like spacecraft that crashed who knows how long ago and you you know you, you can like go into it and at first it just seems like it's like a set piece like just to look at like you can just take your bike through it and come out the other end and then continue on your way but you can actually like explore inside of it it's a huge area and then you realize there's like struts and like cranes and things that are moving like big pieces of machinery and then you can start climbing on them and get up to like higher floors of the whale and then it's this whole long like it took me like an hour to explore this entire thing and it is like platforming stuff like you're jumping and climbing on stuff it's got like the breath of the wild thing where you can climb like anything and you have like a stamina meter and when i got to the the depths of the whale uh i got to like the bridge and a holographic like humanoid representation um of the ship's ai comes up and 
off to the left and right are like sealed chambers in the bridge and like one has like a super dope looking hover bike and one has like a super dope looking like space suit um and the ai basically gives you like ship logs of like what happened in the past and then he's like by the way there's like other derelict ships out in the desert and if you go to each of them you can get a security key that it's going to open these rooms to like get you the cool hover bike and get you the cool spacesuit. And then if you go to each of those derelict ships, it's again, it's kind of like doing a shrine in Breath of the Wild. Like it takes you like, you know, 20, 30 minutes to like go through the derelict ship and you're doing platforming and puzzles and stuff to like solve the ship. And like that's just one like kind of overarching like branch of quests. It's about the derelict ships, but there's like other different kinds of things like that going on out in the desert. So That's it cool. is, it's like pretty involved stuff and it has like cool rewards. So, um, so I, is, is there like combat or anything in this game or is it just like you're running around and hanging out and talking to people? Yeah. It's like, it's super chill. Like you're just like trucking through the desert on your hover bike and you find something like one of these derelict ships. That's like that interests you. And then you go in it and it's like, Oh, this is like, there's platforming and like, you know, key puzzles and stuff in here. So it really is just very a lot like Breath of the Wild if you just took the combat out of it. So um yeah, it's it's just super chill. And I haven't missed the combat, you know, like it's not I I don't feel like something's missing while I'm playing the game. Like it's extremely it's an extremely like intriguing game. Like things just there's lots of weird, bizarre stuff everywhere. And there, it's usually, like, there's an interesting payoff to, like, exploring. It's not like you just go to the cool thing and you're like, oh, it's a cool thing, and then you move on. There's, like, you go inside of it and there's puzzles and stuff, so. Um, yeah. Are there, are there ha like, hazards other than, like, fall damage? Like, can you come across, like, things that can kill you or whatever? No, uh, there's not even fall damage. Um, oh, really? One of your first quests in the game before you get your bike is to get this ability to generate like an anti-gravity bubble around yourself that slows your descent. It's basically the sci-fi version of the glider for Breath of the Wild. So one of the funnest things you can do in the game is like climb to the tallest point in the area and just jump off. And your character too has a lot of personality. She's like very vocal. Like there's no voice acting for like dialogue, but she like lets out like emotional like you know grunts or like shouts so oh, you know so you can like jump she's off link yeah 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 <laughs> but she starts like screaming as you're falling from this huge height and then right as you hit the ground she like automatically just gener deploys the anti-gravity bubble okay so yeah i mean there's no really the challenge of the game is like trying to solve the puzzles okay basically so that's like where the game's pushing back against you so okay I don't know, man. I've seen Alien. I stay away from derelict spaceships. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're all chill until like a facehugger comes yeah. out. You got no way to fight it because there's no combat in this game. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is just like the hover bike. Both you and the hover bike have like cosmetics you can buy from merchants in different like towns and stuff. Like you know, new outfits and new parts for the bike. And the now parts for the bike... speak in my language. Yeah, the, the parts for the bike are all cosmetically different, and you can mix and match them. So, like, there's this one merchant who's, like, a guy who, like, raises and sells beetles or something like that, and he sells parts for a bike that looks like an insect, like a ho weird hover insect thing. And, uh, you know, you can mix and match those parts, and you can buy... You can find, a, like, pallet swap skins for your bike so and the parts actually affect like your speed and acceleration and handling and stuff so 
like personalizing your bike is like a big thing and it feels like a really good reward when you get new bike parts and stuff so, so you're telling me that the main character is basically link and they've got yeah. Beetle in this game i'm yeah. in yep <laughs> oh and you control the hover bike by whistling so uh, it's got two modes where it just controls like you think it would, where you're just accelerating and like turning. But then you can like whistle and then it like deploys these weird fins on the side and then it like can strafe in like any direction. <laughs> and then uh, y if your bike is ever missing, you could whistle and then it like falls the sound of your whistle to get to you, you know? So that was my next question. Nice. You've got yeah. the uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, horse bike. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, right behind I, you. I, I'm in. <laughs> I, I'm so one thing I I'm trying to uh, convince my wife into letting me get an Xbox Series S. So I think this might be one of the first games I play when I uh, pick that up. Yeah, dude. Game is Pass. it on a PC Game Pass? I believe it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah and it's I only. It let me see here. It's really cheap too. Um, on its own, I think it's only like twenty. Yeah, it's twenty five dollars. Um, and like. The world's like huge. Uh, like I've I've probably played. I think I binged it for like six hours the day I bought it. I think I played like ten hours total now, and I've only explored like two out of five sections of the map. Like two of the Holy five like cow. biomes that it's like it's a big game. There's like a lot to do, so you're getting like a lot of worth out of your twenty five dollars. So heck yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, I'm in. One down. Slim, check it nice. out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Sweet. <laughs> Whenever I have time, like right. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like theoretically, I will buy this game and play it. Uh, as long as it's on Game Pass, I already have it. Theory. I, yeah, I, I, I literally just got PC Game Pass like two nights ago. Awesome. Oh, so nice. I will definitely check it out at some point. I actually was, I was scoping it out. I was trying to check it out. I was like, oh yeah, Sable. Yeah, definitely Sable. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Very cool. Well, uh, that is the pitch, guys. Great work, everyone. <laughs> um, I will uh, turn things over to Wes Bates for the game. Okay, I am hoping that my internet's going to hold up for this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this goes. But... Um, I am uh, I'm incredibly excited for this game. This is uh, this is a game that's been stewing in my brain for months, uh, and just you know I've been trying to figure out a good way to bring it to light, and I finally think I did. And so I'm excited for you guys to play this. So we're playing uh, the alternate name game. Um, so um, we're talking about games that are well known, um, but have maybe unknown names in other regions. Mm -hmm. So an example. If I were to ask you what's the alternate name for Resident Evil, you would say Biohazard. 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 Yeah, there you go. Yay. Almost said <laughs> Biomutant. Exactly. <laughs> Biomutant. <laughs> Bioshock. Uh, so yeah, so I'm just gonna go through a series of these. Um, this is a multiple choice thing, so A, B, and C, and you guys just have to guess which game. I'm gonna give you the the alternate name, and you have to guess what the the uh, known name, uh, at least here, is. Okay. Are we ready to go? Yep. Oh, and I'm going to switch up the answering order as well. So, because we have a tendency when we do these to kind of like ride on other people. 
So oh, sure. um, we're uh, <laughs> so this, we're gonna start out uh, with uh, Jonah, Caden, Slim, and then every other every round we'll we'll go to like Caden, Slim, Jonah, and then fair enough. Uh, Slim, Slim, Jonah, Caden, okay. like that. That's cool. We'll just rotate right. it. Cool. Sounds good. All right. So the first question: <clears throat> Psycho Break is Psycho Break a condemned criminal origins? B, the evil within, or C, fear. Uh oh. Uh, I kind of. I'm gonna go. Dude, that, that's that's hard. I'm gonna go with. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with. A, condemned. Okay, Caden, what's your answer? I am almost positive that this is the evil within. I know I'm so. Is that your answer? Yes. Okay, Slim. I also think that is my answer. The evil within. The answer is the evil within. Ah, dang it, I almost guessed it. No. Good gut. Early lead. All right, number two. Canis Canum Edit. Hmm. Is Canis Canum Edit A, Watchdogs, B, Sleeping Dogs, or C, Bully? You're, you're leading off. I think that this is bully. That's my answer. Okay, Slim. I am 100% sure this is bully. I'm going <laughs> to guess bully. <laughs> so just just for clarity, please don't say how sure you are of what the game is. <laughs> okay, we, we don't want to tip Joan off, basically. All right, but the answer is bully. <laughs> So I'll, I'll tell you right now, though, a lot of these I'm not going to know, and I'll tell you I'm 100% sure that I'm guessing correctly those times, too. So, yeah. Nice. All right, number three. Number three. Palutina's Mirror. Is this A, Mist, B, huh. the Talos Principle, or C, Kid Icarus? Uh, this is me, right? Yeah, Slim. I'm 100% sure this is missed. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say see Kid Icarus. Yeah, uh, just because I know there's a character called Palatina and uh, Kid Icarus, but that could be a red herring, but yeah, I'm going to go with Kid Icarus. It's missed. No, actually it is it is Kid Icarus. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, Palatina uses oh, gotcha. the mirror in like Smash Bros. Yeah. and stuff, so I was like, maybe. <laughs> Smash Bros. It was ridiculous. All right, here we go. Next one. Underway, Captain Canopio. Is what? That, <laughs> is that A, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker? B, The Secret of Monkey Island? Or C, Captain Commando? We're back to you, Jonah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Underway, Captain Canopio. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know what? We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, B. Monkey oh, Island. Monkey Island. Sure. All right, Caden. It just sounds so silly. Like I feel like it's probably Monkey Island because it's like a comedy game. So I am gonna go Monkey Island. All right, Slim. Um. You know, just playing the game, I I shouldn't guess Monkey Island, so I'm gonna go. 
<laughs> C. Whatever Captain that was. Captain Whatever that one was. Captain Commando. The, the correct answer is A. Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh, no. <laughs> in Japan, in Japan, Captain Toad is known as Captain Kenopio. I need to know more. Captain <laughs> Kenopio is so much more of an intriguing character than Captain Actually, Toad. Is, Toad is con called Kenopio in Japan. So, really? are, are the species of the Toads known as Kenopios? I, like, I don't know the whole the whole history. I'm is just... Captain Toad the same character as Toad? I want I want to hear him say instead of "Hi, I'm Toad," I want him to be like "Hi, I'm Captain Kenopio." <laughs> Sorry Kenopio. for that. Wow. All right, here one. we go. Next one, meta fight. Is that A. Killer Instinct, B. Blaster Master, or C. River City Ransom? Is it me? Yes. Meta fight. I know Killer Instinct is about transforming into were creatures, which the, the word meta kind of like that's all I have to go on. I'm, I'm gonna go with Killer Instinct. All right, Slim. I like how deep we're getting to this. Like <laughs> the Latin root of, of the word. Um... <laughs> what was B? Blaster Master. I'm gonna go with that. All right, Jonah. What was C? River City Ransom. All right, I'm going to pick A. The answer <laughs> is Blaster Master. Oh! Good job, Slim. Okay. It was a guess. 100% sure I was, I was going to, you know. Pick, I was wondering if you could do it or not, yeah. All right, here we go. Number six, Hitler's Revival, Top Secret. Oh, no. Oh, I think I is know that this is. A, Wolfenstein 3D, B, Sniper Elite V2, or C, Bionic Commando. Slim, I think you're really not. That's... I'm going to go with A on that one. Mm. I'm going to pick A as well. Wolfenstein. I, I, I'm just going to be really upset if it's not A. But yeah, I'm going to go with A. It's the, answer is, the answer is C, Bionic Commando. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah, as, soon as, in Bionic Commando? as soon as I said that. Yeah, too, he like, is. I he did is. not you, know that. You, like, you, there's like an infamous thing where you like explode his head. Wow, the that game. The red herrings. Yeah, I, I fooled you all. As soon as I said that, I, I was like, oh, wait, but Hitler's a butt. Well, when he, said, oh. when he said Hitler, I was like, oh, Wolfenstein. That was like my immediate thought. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> all right. Uh, number seven. The Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods 2 is that A, A Link Between Worlds. B, a link to the past, or C, Link's Awakening. Jonah, what is it? What is the game called? The Legend of Zelda: Triforce of the Gods 2. Uh, I'm gonna go with a link between worlds. Oh uh, man, I guess I'm gonna go Adventure of Link. Adventure Rain of Link? Is that, that a was, game? No. What What was <laughs> Zelda 2 called? Yeah, it was Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Was that not one of the options? That was not one of the options. Did you give me the options again? The options were A Link Between Worlds, A Link to the Past, and Link's Awakening. Uh, I think I could use Link's Awakening. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll go with um, A Link Between Worlds. Slim. Both of the other ones have picked already, right? Yeah. So I'll mm -hmm. take the third option. I'll do. I'll go see. 
it was a link between worlds. Yay! Nice. Uh, yeah, um, A Link to the Past is known in Japan as Triforce of the Gods. Legend of Zelda Triforce of the Gods. And wow, so that okay. was technically Triforce of the Gods 2. <clears throat> All right. Very interesting. Here we go. Number eight. Probotector. Is Probotector, Cybernator, Metal Warriors, or Contra? Wow, all these already sound like they're like weird regional specific names <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> So, uh, Caden, I think we're on you. Oh, okay. Um, what was A? Cybernator. I'm Cybernator, I'm never Metal Warriors, or Contra. Cybernator, let's go. Okay. Slim. Contra. Jonah. What was what was the the alternate name? Robotector. Robotector. <laughs> no, no, not Robo. Probo with the Probo. Probotector. Let's Probo go with the, let's go with B. Yes, yeah, there is C Contra. Wow, Probotector. Yeah, in in the in the UK and Australia, I believe it was called Probotector. Why did they think that would be more appealing to that audience? Like, what is? Well, and the main and the main characters were also robots. Uh, the uh, the word like people. It's, it's not I, Robo, I, it's Probo. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't make up the day. I'm just asking the question. They're professional robotic protectors. Oh, uh. <laughs> Alright, uh, next one. Illusion of time. Is hmm. illusion of time A, illusion of Gaia, B, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, or C, Star Tropics? Huh. Slim. B, right? What was the first one again? Illusion of Gaia. I think that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> Jonah. <laughs> um, uh, I think I'm going to pick C just because it's like so out there. Okay. Kate. I also feel like it's Star Tropics, like I'm getting a weird blip somewhere in the depths of my mind that I heard that, so hopefully it's Star Tropics. The answer is A, Illusion of Gaia. Ah, oh, it's too easy. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> it was too obvious. Okay, why did, why did you pick Star Tropics uh, of just like, we're going to throw a random game in there. Is that why? There, is, there, are, there are time tra traveling elements in Star Tropics. Oh, okay. Right. You've never played that game, so. No, I have not. All right. Next one, uh, Bare Knuckle. Hmm. Is Bare Knuckle A, Streets of Rage, B, Bad Dudes, or C, Final <laughs> Fight? Uh, Streets of Rage. Um, I, I just like the way Bad Dudes sound, so I'm going to pick that one. <laughs> Why, because we're a bunch I'll, of bad dudes? Yeah. I'll go with Final Fight. The answer is A, Streets of Rage. Woo! Nice one, Jonah. I know you knew you were so knowledgeable about video game alternate right. regional <laughs> titles. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. Lilat Wars. Is Lilat Wars A, Star Fox Command, B, Star Fox 2, or C, Star Fox 64? I'm really mad at U.S. because as soon as I heard Lila, it's like, it's obviously going to be the Star Fox game, and they're all Star Fox games. <laughs> I had uh, no Lila, what, what was it? Lila, what? 
Lilat Wars. Star it's A, Star Fox Command, B, Star Fox 2, or C, Star Fox 64. Uh, let's just go with Star Fox Command. I don't, I've not even heard of that game. Star Fox Command? Which one was that? Um, I think it was something that came out on GameCube. <laughs> it's the right or... answer. <laughs> I don't know. You've convinced me. I'm going with that, too. <laughs> I'm going to say Star Fox 2. The answer is C, Star Fox 64. Damn, Yay! <laughs> All right, we got, a, we got a few more here. Um, Project Zero. Is Project hmm. Zero a Fatal Frame, B, Virtue's Last Reward, or C, Clock Tower? Who is it? I think it's me? Yeah. It's me? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, it's slim. I... Gonna go with Clock Tower. And I don't know why. <laughs> I wanna say it's Fatal Frame. I will go with Virtue's Last Reward. The answer is A, Fatal Frame. Woo! Let's wow, go! Jenna. Wow. Your luck stat is, like, <laughs> maxed out today, bro. <laughs> All right, so the score right now is Jonah 5, Caden 4, Slim 5. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. I'm, I'm not last. Oh, I'm damn. not last. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know I was <laughs> doing that well. <laughs> we, we got it. We got just a couple more here. All right, the next one is Riot Act. Is Riot Act A, State of Emergency, B, Crackdown, or C, Dead to Rights? Crackdown, Jonah. Crackdown. I also want to say Crackdown. It's Crackdown! Oh, I guess Slim doesn't I, get the guess. I, I was, oh, I'm sorry. I thought everybody guessed. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought everybody... Alright, I'm going to give everybody a point on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. I thought everybody guessed. Somebody, somebody was a ventriloquist. They're throwing my voice out there. So, yeah. <laughs> Alright, everybody gets a point on that one. Okay. Um, the, okay, uh, the next one is Red and black is Sorry. red and black a Shadowgate B Bushido Blade or C Perfect Dark uh, go Bushido Blade why not that's also what I'm going with Dang. oh god <laughs> the answer is C Perfect Dark <laughs> <laughs> Jono was so calculated he was like I, I, I almost picked <laughs> Not gonna lie, I almost picked Perfect Dark, but I haven't played any of those games, so I didn't know. Yeah. I haven't. I don't remember any red or black in that game at all. So it's been a while, it was, though. I believe it was known as Red and Black in Japan. Okay. Um. All right, two more. It's a Wonderful World. Is it's a Wonderful World? A. The world ends with you. B. Another world. Or C. Harvest Moon. Uh, wait, who's up? Is it Slim? I think it's Slim, yeah. The world ends with you. What? I learned my lesson from Illusion of Guy. <laughs> what, was the, uh, what was the second one again? Another world. We're going to pick another world. Another world is not a wonderful world. Uh, I will pick Harvest Moon. I, I think this is not a random guess. I think it's actually Harvest Moon. I think I've heard this much. <laughs> 
It is The World Ends With You. Oh, oh come on. Talking out of my ass over here. <laughs> 100% sure. You gotta say right, you're this... 100% sure. Right. This is, this is the last one. The last one is Violence Killer. Is Violence Killer A, Manhunt, B, Turok, or C, Splatterhouse? Jonah. Manhunt. Turok. Manhunt. The answer was Turok. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right, wow, so the Jonah down the, the last place with me. The final score <laughs> is uh, Jonah six, Caden six, Slim seven. Woo! Oh my god! Oh, we have we have our winner. Congratulations, Good job, Slim. Congratulations. It was luck. I am the most casual of casual gamers. I know mm -hmm. none of the above. Right, so. <laughs> hey, at Man. least I didn't lose to Caden. That's all that matters. So now, hopefully, you all know like all the alternate titles. This is really yeah. relevant information. It's going to come in super handy and useful for you in your future lives. And uh... I think I played one game on this entire list of games. If there's a quiz tomorrow, I won't remember any of it. So. Uh, it if there was a quiz right now, I wouldn't remember any of it. <laughs> well, I got to hand it to you, Wes. That was an incredible game. I'm sure that took a ton of research. Lots of very clever... The, the Star Fox one was just, that was just dirty. <laughs> Great work. That's why I said it took like three months. It's hard to find these things. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, guys. Um, Slim is crowned the champion of this week's game, and we made it to the end of the podcast. Congratulations. Yay! Yay! Uh, we'll go around real quick for our final thoughts. I'll let Slim go as the guest. Just literally anything you want to plug or just on your mind, final mm. thoughts. Um, man, I don't really have a whole lot to say about anything other than movies. So <laughs> I'm just going to say, uh, you know, I've hope that everybody is staying safe out there. Mm. Uh, make sure you're masked up, practice your social distancing, get your vax if you can. Um, and, uh, I hope everybody has a uh, safe and happy holiday. You're here. Jonah, final thoughts? Um, slash housekeeping my final thoughts i don't think we have anything going on on housekeeping we uh yeah. we're doing our secret santa stuff but i mean we're in the middle of that so it's just the time of giving gifts and stuff and appreciating the people we've got um speaking of appreciating people we've got uh something i didn't tell you guys um so Make sure you have parental controls on your uh your consoles when your children are playing them because uh -oh. i uh my daughter dropped $150 on Genshin Impact coin. Oh. Ah! Whales. Ah! Whale status. Making it rain. <laughs> she had no oh, idea oh, what no. she was doing. And oh, no. Genshin Impact doesn't pull you out of the game to go into the marketplace to oh. buy currency. My wife mm. walked out of the room for five minutes and came back. And uh, she's like, oh, did our, uh, did our your account get hacked? I was like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, it says we have a purchase of fifty dollars on PlayStation." And I looked at my email, and there was like ten transactions, and she was just going down the line, clicking it. And I was like, "No, mm. now you're invested." And so I'm gonna call PlayStation support tomorrow to see if I uh, classic classic try and story. get some money back. Because good luck. Yeah, we wish you the best. <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. I was like, she's not allowed to play Genshin Impact all weekend. That stuff, that currency is going to stay on that account and I'm yeah. not going to touch it. Game's doing what it's designed to do. Yep. <laughs> so, you have anything uh, else you want to. The impact about, was you on your wallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Nope, that's it. What you got for us, right. Wes? Uh, not a whole lot. Just, you know, we're in the holiday season, so um, it's just all the more reason to just be kind to each other. Um, kindness doesn't cost us anything, and it goes a long way. So, you know, just uh, everybody be good to each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I just wish everybody a, a happy holidays because um, uh, we're, we're in the season. Yay. All right. Um, my final thoughts. Uh, you know, I got um that weird present bundle thing from Pizza Hut where it's like two pizzas and like breadsticks and cinnamon rolls, but it comes wrapped in like a present, like a Christmas present looking box, and then you put it on the floor, and now your cats have a playhouse. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's what I've got going on today. Uh, well, as always, I've been your host, Kate Birthday Lane, and please check us out on uh, YouTube. Uh, we're just Great Game Debate on YouTube. Our Twitter's at the Great Game Debate, spelled D-E-B, and then the number eight. So D-E-B-8. And come by, uh, I think, on our Twitter, um, on any of our personal Twitters, you can find a link to join our Discord. Just come on by for some wholesome, non-toxic adult uh not like xxx adult like <laughs> like like responsible and mature like conversation of video games and other pop culture topics I mean, uh, relatively talk, mature if you're talking to steven it might get xxx but right uh cool so yeah uh thanks everyone bye 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 <laughs>